Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We know it's been tough managing inputs and resources lately. That's why we're inviting you to the Inputs Ag Summit on January 10th in Fresno, California. This event is a lifeline for specialty crop growers, PCAs, CCAs, and applicators alike. It's your opportunity to get help in today's challenging landscape. What will you find at the Input Ag Summit? Cost-saving seminars, networking with experts, special panel discussions, and solutions for hard times. Visit myaglife.com backslash events today to sign up for this new and exciting conference. The California Department of Food and Agriculture has announced that they have paused their open application period for the direct-to-producer assistance through the State Water Efficiency and Enhancement Program. They will provide an update on the status of the solicitation in early 2024 through their email subscription list. CDFA said that the pause is due to current budget uncertainties. Citrus growers, industry members, and property owners with 25 or more citrus trees in San Diego County and the surrounding areas are invited to attend an in-person citrus meeting coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. at the Valley Center Library to discuss details surrounding the newly established Juana Long Bean Quarantine Area in the Valley Center. Attendees will receive a briefing on a new HLB quarantine area, an overview of the Asian Citrus Ciliad and HLB, updates surrounding recent bulk citrus regulatory requirements and more. Citrus growers and property owners with more than 25 citrus trees in a quarantine area will have the opportunity to ask questions of Citrus Pest and Disease Prevention Division. Citrus growers and property owners with more than 25 citrus trees in a quarantine area will have the opportunity to ask questions of Citrus Pest and Disease Prevention Division staff, their local San Diego County grower liaison, and the County of San Diego County Agriculture Weights and Measure staff. CPD PD staff will also be available for growers to sign HLB compliance agreements. There will be no virtual option provided for this meeting. Farmers in California's Central Valley that are interested in conservation practices to manage soil moisture, improve irrigation efficiency, or otherwise conserve groundwater and surface water resources are encouraged to apply for the Water Smart program funding through the USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service. Water Smart is a joint effort between the Bureau of Reclamation and the Natural Resources Conservation Service to coordinate investments in the western U.S. to help farmers conserve water and become more resilient to drought impacts. These three new projects take water conservation efforts even further in California's Central Valley to help farmers extend their available water resources in their operations, according to NRCS state conservationist Carlos Suarez. He says he's pleased to announce more than $2.3 million available to interested landowners. The three new projects include the Fresno Irrigation District, who received $1,300,000, the Tule River Irrigation District, receiving $800,000, and the Tranquility Irrigation District, receiving $300,000. Agricultural producers in these areas will be able to install micro-irrigation systems and pipelines, line reservoirs, manage nutrients, manage residue, plant cover crops, amend soil carbon, and install groundwater recharge basins or on-farm recharge practices, saving water from being pumped out of the ground. The collaboration between NRCS and the Bureau of Reclamation is a priority of the National Drought Resilience Partnerships. NRCS makes funding for WSI available to producers in priority areas in the American West through its Environmental Quality Incentives Program. 
The funding helps producers apply for conservation practices to complement projects funded by the Bureau of Reclamation Water Smart Programs. The Reclamation's Water Smart Investments help states, tribes, and local entities plan for and implement projects that increase water supply by providing funds to modernize existing infrastructure and otherwise build drought resilience. The California Cotton Ginners and Growers Association was part of a broad coalition of trucking companies, port companies, farms, cotton gins, food processors, employee unions, San Joaquin Valley mayors, ag organizations, business groups, and packing houses, calling on a governor to meet to discuss the constraints and real-world impacts of the state's policies to reduce pollutants and greenhouse gases. Despite huge gains in recent years in cleaning up the air quality in California, the state has laid out an overly ambitious plan to electrify everything from houses and cars to businesses and trucks without the infrastructure to do so or understanding the impact of the highest electricity rates in a country. The 166 participants who signed on to the letter represent every link in a nation's agricultural supply chain from the field to the container ship, including employee unions heavily affected by the levels of containers moving in and out of the ports on the West Coast. A copy of the letter can be found at mcusercontent.com. That's mcusercontent.com. USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack has appointed four new members to the Urban Agriculture and Innovative Production Federal Advisory Committee. The new members are replacing four members whose terms are expiring and rotating off the committee. The committee is part of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's efforts to support urban agriculture and innovative production, creating a network for feedback. The committee's public meetings give the urban and innovative production community and others an opportunity to witness deliberations and voting procedures. The committee originally established in January of 2021 is made up of 12 members representing agricultural production, innovative production, higher education or extension programs, nonprofits, business and economic development, supply chains and finance. To date, the committee has held seven public meetings since March of 2022, and the next meeting will be on January 31st. Of those newly appointed from California, Ted Fang, an urban producer in San Francisco. The California Department of Food and Agriculture is asking for help from Californians in fruit fly quarantine zones. Rather than moving homegrown fruits and vegetables from their property, they ask that people enjoy the produce with friends and family at home. There are presently fruit fly quarantines in seven California counties. Those counties are Los Angeles, Riverside, San Bernardino, Ventura, Contra Costa, Santa Clara, and Sacramento. For more information, log on to the California Department of Food and Agriculture's website. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. I think everybody's fully aware that we're overproduced versus the uh, current global demand that's out there. Um, obviously, globally, when you look at um, uh, how many acres and how many tons have come into the market over the last five, seven, eight years, and yet per capita consumption, both here in the United States, but internationally has remained relatively flat. Uh, the net result is that um, 
demand and supply are not in balance. And so one of the solutions that has been talked about for some time now, actually since I started, is uh, some version of a tree pull program. California Walnut Board CEO Robert Verloop talking about one of a couple opportunities coming up for the walnut industry, a tree pull program looking to even out the oversupply which is being presented to USDA for approval. But first, Verloop covers another Section 32 program being received for walnuts this next growing season. That means more funding. We were informed we would have $30 million. And um, that program will probably um, go out to bid sometime in January with shipments starting either mid to late March, maybe early April. Uh, again, the way the, the program works is that um, the Food and Nutrition Services within USDA solicits their demand from food banks, which currently continue to see at least um, a great uh, demand for all types of perishable products and non-perishable. So we think that we'll continue to see high demand for walnuts uh, in, foods, in the food uh, banks. Um, and once that volume has been established, then USDA would put out a bid. Uh, our processors and handlers would uh, place their uh, price bids and we would see shipments coming up sometime, as I said, late March, early April. Back to the tree pole program, the California Walnut Board is in talks with USDA to provide them with more information on the program. This could be something a grower sees available for their own orchard in as short as a year with USDA approval. At the last board meeting, um, we reported uh, back to the board of directors on the commission side, um, some initial findings on what it would take to get the industry right size. Um, I think everybody is fully aware that we're overproduced versus the uh, current global demand that's out there. Um, obviously, globally, when you look at um, uh, how many acres and how many tons have come into the market over the last five, seven, eight years, and yet per capita consumption, both here in the United States, but internationally has remained relatively flat. Uh, the net result is that um, demand and supply are not in balance. And so one of the solutions that has been talked about for some time now, actually since I started, is uh, some version of a tree pull program. Um, it's been tried in the peach industry, I believe it was in the canned uh, peach industry, and then also in the prune industry. Um, mixed results, uh, depending on who you talk to. Um, there, and in our case, it's the same situation where it's kind of a split between the industry of um, we need to maintain our market share and work on the demand side uh, versus let's uh, see if we can help incentivize growers to remove acres so that they can use their land for something that's more profitable in the short term. Um, the challenge that we're faced with is that it is an emotional issue. It's a philosophical issue. Um, the board has asked us to come back with some additional information that uh, we will garner in conversations with uh, the appropriate folks at USDA uh, and then present a plan as to what the different options are, what that would look like, how that's executed. Um, but I, I want growers to understand that this is not something that's going to happen in the near term. Um, at best, it would be uh, something that would be, it will take a full year to go through the administrative process, regulatory. Um, we have to find the funding. And as you and, and everybody knows is right now, Washington is not a place that's flush with cash. Um, we've got uh, continuing resolutions seemingly every other week. 
Um, and USDA is up for appropriations again in, I believe it's January. So um, it, it, we're coming into this at a time when funds are, are um, in high demand. Um, there's a lot of uh, ag emergencies that are being funded right now. And to come in and ask for a tree pull program, we just need to make sure that uh, we've done all of our homework, uh, that the industry uh, can be unified behind whatever the solutions are, uh, and, and then we move ahead. But that process in itself, as I was describing it, will probably take a full year to, to implement. So um, any growers that are contemplating removing acres um, probably ought to move ahead without the thought that uh, there would be government programs uh, from the USDA, at least, to cover that. There are programs available here in California for um, whole uh, orchard recycling and some soil conservation programs. Um, and there are folks uh, with other crops, uh, tomato processing crops, as an example, um, that are, are looking for more land. So uh, there are alternatives to a tree pull program that's funded by USDA and executed through the commission or the board. Um, so I would encourage growers to take a look at that. We have some of that information on our website at walnuts.org under the grower information area, where you can see some of the current programs that are available. Um, but I wouldn't um, anticipate any uh, program to be um, available until much later this year, if at all. As I said, this is a philosophical issue that um, the industry is divided upon, and um, the board members will need to make a decision in the coming month or two. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. Retail fertilizer prices were mixed again in the second week of December 2023. Two fertilizers had noteworthy price moves compared to last month. Both Urea and UAN28 were down 6% compared to last month. Urea had an average price of $540 a ton. UAN28 was at $339 a ton. Prices for the remaining three fertilizers were down just slightly. DAP had an average price of $713 a ton, 1034 at $595 a ton, and UAN32 at $490 dollars a ton. Prices for three fertilizers were just slightly higher compared to last month. MAP had an average price of $819 a ton. Potash was at $517 a ton. And Anhydrous checked in at $851 a ton. The potential of the nation's sustainable aviation fuel industry received significant support recently from an announced federal fuel production credit. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. The sustainable aviation fuel industry will receive a new incentive to increase production, a credit. The Treasury Department and Internal Revenue Service recently announced new guidance regarding SAF credits and eligibility for such. Producers of biomass-based diesel, advanced and cellulosic biofuels, and cellulosic biodiesel approved by the Environmental Protection Agency under the Renewable Fuel Standard would be eligible for the credit. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack applauded the decision 
and is quick to point out what the credit and other incentives could possibly do from an economic perspective for the biofuel industry. The sustainable aviation fuel is a 36 billion gallon industry that does not exist for all intents and purposes today. 36 billion gallons. Compare that to the existing biofuel industry. You're talking about twice the size of the existing industry today. If that industry supports 400,000 jobs, do the math. There's a tremendous opportunity just in sustainable aviation fuel. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. First Fruits Farms, a leading name in the fruit tree sector based in Washington, is thrilled to announce a successful acquisition of Applewood Orchards and Applewood Fresh Growers. This merger marks a significant milestone in the company's continuous pursuit of excellence and expansion. Working jointly, First Fruits Farms and Applewood Orchards aim to provide their customers with even more remarkable and diverse product offerings, including apples, cherries, and pears. This collaboration not only bolsters volume capabilities, but also enhances the ability to serve customers customers in the Midwest and East Coast with certain freight advantages, supply chain efficiencies, and transit time reductions. U.S. fresh potato exports soared 16% in the 12 months from October of 2022 through September of 2023, according to USDA trade numbers. Total U.S. fresh potato exports in that period totaled $334.5 million, up 16% from the previous period. Mexico and Canada continue to dominate, but USDA trade numbers show faster growth is happening in some Central American and Asian markets. Mexico is the top destination for U.S. potato exports, with shipments growing 43% year-over-year to $111 million in 2022 to 2023. This represents about a third of total U.S. potato exports, according to USDA trade data. Exports to Canada, the second largest market, grew 7% to $100 million in 2022 to 2023, accounting for about 30% of total exports. Trade numbers reveal strong growth was seen in smaller markets like Honduras, Guatemala, and South Korea. Japan saw a 16% drop in imports from the U.S., but remains a major market at over $20 million. Taiwan and the Philippines saw slight declines, but remain top 10 export destinations, according to USDA. Emerging markets like the Cayman Islands and Costa Rica saw double-digit growth, suggesting potential for further expansion. Developing animal handling skills, like all things, takes practice. And a researcher at the University of Wisconsin has developed an innovative, interactive way for dairy farmers and their employees to brush up on their handling techniques. Holstein USA's Bob Severa shares the story. You might think someone's telling you the punchline of a joke when describing Dr. Jennifer Van Ossa's latest project in the dairy industry, but it's not. The project simply has a clever name. A new educational resource that we have called Moving Cows. That's moving with two O's. Dr. Van Oss is an assistant professor and extension specialist in animal welfare in the Department of Animal and Dairy Sciences at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Her long title is intimidating, but her project is not. It's a flight simulator essentially for cow handling. So you could call it an educational video game. It's an innovative educational resource so that people can practice cow handling skills in a simulated environment. In real life, Dr. Van Ossa's project is no game. It was born out of extensive research on several farms to make animal handling the best it can be. There were a few topics that kept coming up over and over, and one of them was people asking me if I could please come to their farm and train their employees on appropriate cow handling and cow movement practices. 
As a solution to the requests, she created a way to make lessons interactive and show how a cow's natural personal bubble can be used to calmly move her to where she needs to go. The game lets them practice by moving their character in relation to these simulated cows to see how the cows respond. And we also want them to learn from the game that your behavior towards the cows not just affects where they move, but also whether the cow experiences stress or fear. And we know that when cows are more stressed, they produce less milk. And they also can behave more unpredictably, which can be dangerous for you as a cow handler. As exciting as developing the cow moving simulator has been, Dr. Van Oss acknowledges that still, nothing replaces real-life education. This simulation can complement other types of training. So watching videos definitely still has a place. Nothing can ever replace real-life practice, but I think that this can add to that toolkit. For Holstein Association USA, I'm Bob Cervera. A new version of the simulator is expected to be released early next year for Apple and Android devices. Search for the Moving Cows app that's moving with two O's. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture. A better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humix Solutions with a human touch. Visit huma.us to learn more. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go... You see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.